Is inflation really under control in the biggest economy in the world? The signs are looking pretty good, but what it's like for real people at the moment away from those numbers, I'm Aaron Young, we're going to find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. So a word of warning, don't break out the party hats just yet. Despite the recent signs that inflation is starting to cool off, the fight to bring down the huge increases we've seen in prices over the past few years has a really long way to go. Financial markets drew optimism from two reports out last week showing that the rate of growth in both the consumer prices and those that businesses pay for those goods had actually hit multi-year lows. That's the good news. But those data points reflected relative rates of change and didn't capture the overall surge that led to the highest inflation level we've seen now in 40 years in the United States. For more, let's bring in Paulina Lycos from CNBC. A lot of happy faces, of course, on Wall Street as that inflation data started to come in. Um, what do we know about it? Well, there is a split about uh, the latest inflation data, but the markets have responded positively to your point, uh, according to the latest CPI report. Consumer prices um, rose 3% year over year in June. Uh, that's down from a 4% headline rate back in May. Um, this is expected to be a positive catalyst for stocks, at least in the short term, and could possibly further support the thesis of a soft landing. At the same time, though the Fed is considering more than just uh, you know this one positive data point um, because core goods and services are still pretty high so the narrative of that higher for longer Federal Reserve uh, could could still be a headwind for stocks. Yeah, it's really interesting because you've got the consumer staples, but then there's things like power prices and energy, which for a lot of people continues to go up. And that's away from those consumer staples per se. We've been hearing that a lot of people have been um, trying to avoid products, but can't avoid services, obviously. And those services continue to be an issue. What's the story there? Well, on the energy front, there's been uh, uh, energy cuts, uh, production cuts from Saudi Arabia and Russia, which has been uh, reducing the supply and and as a result, um, increasing the, the price of oil. Uh, for services, um, even though, you know, obviously inflation is a major pressure on the consumer, um, people are still going to need to, uh, you know, buy different services. Um, so while they're cutting back on certain areas, they're spending in other areas. And, you know, um, one compromise is also going to be as the summer kicks off, um, there's going to be a uh, resilient spending uh, in areas like travel and leisure. So there's a trade-off that's happening with the consumer in these tough times. And what's really interesting is until now, a lot of people have been blaming the Fed Reserve for those rate hikes in Australia. They've been blaming the Reserve Bank for the rate hikes as well, uh, with the sense in 2021 that we weren't going to go through inflation. That had been the point from both the Fed chair, but also uh, here in Australia with the Reserve Bank as well. And that meant that there'd been a lot of anger directed towards the Fed Reserve uh, from people who were doing it tough. But now it looks like the anger is starting to turn towards the politicians, um, because while they're decelerating inflation, pressure is you know positive for President Biden. It's impacting his approval rating now. Yeah, you would think the deceleration in inflation would show up in the polls. Um, you know, we have a resilient economy here in the U.S. 
the data is pretty positive. There's low employment, um, but but Americans, the average American, is isn't really feeling that positivity, especially you know the middle middle and lower income Americans. They don't feel that the economy is working in their favor, um, and that's because wages are not keeping up with the pace of inflation, um, and. You know, inflation actually increased 16% since Biden took office. That's a really tough pill for Americans to swallow since their cash can't stretch to meet those higher costs. Uh, so we're in a really critical time in the world of politics. We're approaching the 2024 elections and the state of economy, the health of the consumer. These are all going to be central issues for any candidate, but particularly for the incumbent president. Yeah, and of course, any free economy in the world, any free country in the world is facing the same sorts of pressures that the United States is facing. But right through COVID, everyone has looked to the United States for some sort of leadership and signal of leadership. When America went into lockdown, everyone else went into lockdown. When America provided stimulus for business and paychecks for people who were doing it tough, so did other countries as well. When the Fed Reserve said, look, inflation shouldn't be too big an issue, so did Reserve Bank governors around the world. Now they're looking towards the United States for some sort of leadership to get out of this. There is concern, though, that the toolbox is empty, that the only thing that they have to be able to try and deal with things is to continually push up uh, the, uh, the, the interest rates, which feels like a bit of a blunt tool because it causes so much pain, but takes so long to bring inflation down. Yeah, that's a fair analysis of it. Uh, but the matter of fact is the interest rate hikes have been a tool that has been decelerating inflation. Um, the uh, Federal Reserve has been uh, lowering inflation. Excuse me. Uh, yes, so the, the Federal Reserve has been using uh, interest uh, has been using uh, uh, interest rates as a tool in order to decelerate inflation, and it has been working. Um, so as a result, we've been seeing other central banks around the world implement the same thing. Now, talking about Biden, of course, um, we have been speaking over the past couple of weeks about the cancelling student loan debt, which the Supreme Court essentially put a pin into that bubble for the president. But he's been trying to find other ways around it. Last week, we saw that he was actually going to be cancelling billions of dollars in student loan debt as well. Yes, Biden on that front did score a victory uh, last week for giving $39 billion in federal student loans. Um, this is going to be a relief for many, uh, no doubt, but at the same time, it's not really expected to be a substantial benefit for his reelection campaign because it only impacted just 800,000 borrowers. But uh, it's likely that the president is going to continue um, to use this as a talking point right now. You know, Biden's approval rating, as you mentioned, is at 40 percent. Um, so that means his disapproval rating is at 54 percent among Americans. Um, so uh, the thing is that, you know, loan forgiveness um, won't really make a huge impression or create a shift rather that ushers in more voter support. Yeah, and that is a, a really big issue for the president because he's trying to focus on the economy and lower inflation uh, as well as cancelling student loans. The trouble with the better economy and lowering inflation is there is so much 
outside of the president's control when it comes to those two things. And it's still such a long way to go until the election. And just because we are seeing the numbers starting to come down doesn't necessarily mean that's how people are feeling or what people are feeling, right, on the street. Oh, absolutely. Um, and this is going to be a central point in Biden's re-election um, because this is a chance for Americans to reevaluate um, how his economic agenda has been doing and whether it's working for America. What's working, um, you know, is it, it, it's in his favor because the numbers are strong, as we said. It, Inflation is decelerating. There's the rising GDP, low unemployment, there's job creation, but Americans aren't feeling positive. They're struggling to make ends meet uh, as higher prices are making them make really tough decisions. Right now, though, there aren't really any challengers against Biden, at least in the Democratic Party, but his opponents from the other side of the political aisle, I'm sure will be all over this issue. I've noticed, though, there's a lot of talk that the president may actually not make it to 2024 in terms he may pull out of the race um, there as well and talk that um, there's a lot of anxiety amongst Democrats about this because the story may not be one that's there. Is there much talk about that uh, in Washington and the New York Stock Exchange? I'm sure there's a lot of scenarios being played out, um, especially in the financial markets. I know there there are many models that are, are being implemented to see how different scenarios can impact the markets and, and where the best place might be uh, according to, to what those models look like. Uh, but I think the central focus here is, you know, how are Americans feeling and how are these politicians going to speak to the troubles that the average yeah. American is going through and who's going to prevail? All right, we'll leave it there, Paulina. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. That is a program for now. For more, you can head to tickernews.co. I'm Aaron Young. See you soon. Mm -hmm.